So VentUp is, you know, the main product that we're building at Vent. Um, Vent actually comes from Venture. It's part of our global ecosystem of Vent Finance, and it's an all-in-one community launchpad. So what we're really trying to build is like the simplest way to research, apply, invest in early stage Cardano Polygon projects. Um, so we're Cardano first, which is our approach, um, but we're very pragmatic. And, and like we said, we're a startup, right? And so a startup needs to test and iterate. Um, and that's what Polygon was all about for us. Welcome to the Cardano Source Podcast. I'm your host, Blaine Edwards. And on this weekly podcast, I catch up with a range of Cardano innovators, thought leaders, and change makers who are using Cardano to make an impact within the world of cryptocurrency and beyond. As Charles Hoskinson puts it, we are Cardano. And if you permit us, we'd like to change the world. If that sounds like you, then make sure to subscribe. And I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Blaine Edwards. And today we are joined by Lucas, the co-founder and CEO of Vent Finance, an all-in-one community launchpad on Cardano. So Lucas, brother, cheers for coming on the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. No worries at all. Uh, to start us off, um, can you please tell the podcast a bit about who you are and also a little story about how you got involved with this beautiful world of cryptocurrency? Absolutely. I mean, um, so yeah, my name is Lucas. Um, I'm CEO at Vent. So pretty much that means I handle like the day-to-day operations of our business. Um, and I also like have to take care of all the shit that we haven't hired for. Uh, so, um, but you know, we're, we're a startup. Um, that means we, we learn a lot, we build a lot, um, and we iterate. Um, and, and that kind of means that, you know, my job title is, is a lot more than what you would expect. Um, so I've been doing that for pretty much something like six months. Um, prior to that, I was in consulting. Um, and that was like an interesting aspect of, of my life for about two to three years. Um, I've been following crypto, you know, since 2017. And that's kind of like how the, the bridge between consulting and crypto um, is I was working on some research on Consensus, um, that's the company behind MetaMask and Codify. Um, so everyone knows MetaMask, they don't necessarily know Consensus. Um, they were like the, you know, the big pushes of Ethereum from, from the inception of it, right? It's the equivalent to, I would say, like an IOHK. Um, so I did a lot of research on that from, from the corporate side for our clients, um, trying to understand, you know, why is this complex thing called blockchain going to be useful for like LVMH or one of these companies? Um, and we were working very closely to IBM, which was using like permissioned blockchains, right? So like these private blockchains. Um, and it was just really interesting from a technology standpoint. Um, and then it was kind of like, well, <laughs> if you know about blockchain, you know about like specific crypto applications, right? And then everyone was like, have you heard about XRP and look at this and look at that. Um, and then everyone kind of followed crypto and, there I was, 2017, um, downloading Coinbase and figuring out how to, <laughs> how to buy my first crypto. Yeah. Um, so that, that was going to be the inception to it. Um, I think it was interesting. Um, but then for some reason, I decided to, to get into a bit more research into a different aspect in, in consulting. And so I'm, I changed practices. I left technology and I was more focused on structures, on organizations and how basically digital transformation changes people. Um, so I stepped away from, from blockchain for about two years. Um, and I came back in, in 2020 in the you know, midst of a global pandemic um, to say, hey, you know, what can we do with crypto? And that's kind of how I, I met my founders um, and came back to um, you know, building and, and um, starting VentUp. Hmm. So what is VentUp? 
So VentUp is, you know, the main product that we're building at Vent. Um, Vent actually comes from Venture. Um, it, it, it's part of our global ecosystem of Vent Finance, um, and it's an all-in-one community launchpad. So what we're really trying to build is like the simplest way to research, apply, invest in early stage Cardano Polygon projects. Um, so we're Cardano first, which is our approach, um, but we're very pragmatic. And, and like we said, we're a startup, right? And so a startup needs to test and iterate. Um, and that's what Polygon was all about for us. Um, a, lo a lot of the Cardano launchpads out there started working um, in Solidity, which is the you know the programming language behind um, most Ethereum projects. Um, we said, okay, that's really cool, but we had an issue with Ethereum gas fees. Um, and so our community was from the beginning, even we had like 300 people, everyone was like, oh, Ethereum, have you seen the gas fees? Imagine April, right? We're talking, I don't know, 50 oh, to 70 man. bucks on the transaction, right? Um, and we said, oh, that's terrible. <laughs> what are we doing? Are we already going to lose? And we just started. Um, and, and that's kind of when we received all this feedback from the community and we said, what can we do? Um, and we looked at, you know, all the different options out there. Eventually we, we landed, we met the Polygon team. We saw that there was a lot of, um, a lot of potential and a lot of alignment with Cardano in the sense of scalability, um, you know, making sure the gas fees are reasonable, um, how their protocol works in itself, and then what they're trying to build um, in terms of infrastructure to empower other people. Whereas we didn't really see that with, with other chains. Um, and that's kind of, we, we found this sweet spot between both chains. Um, and I think that that's really empowering us to, to find and to build a really strong community, um, both in the Cardano space, um, but also, you know, kind of leveraging some people from Polygon and saying, hey, have you heard about Cardano? Do you want to kind of um, come into this space as well? Right? Yeah. Um, so I mentioned um, what is VentUp. So VentUp is obviously a product within your Vent Finance ecosystem. What are the other products and services that are part of that Vent Finance ecosystem? So, so the ecosystem is actually um, loosely connected. There are different product lines, but they're all connected, right? Um, you, you can go and, and just use one of them, um, but it makes sense to look at it as a, I would say as a journey. So first of all, mm -hmm. um, let's take the approach of an investor, right? You come in and you're like, hey, I want, I want to invest in really early stage projects. So what do I do? Um, I, I have to find them, right? And so that's when VentUp comes into play. Um, but then once you've, you get your hands on a token, after like, I don't know, a month of following a project, what'd you do with that token, right? Um, and, and that's kind of when the typical approach, and we haven't invented this, you know, it isn't rocket science. Everyone says, well, you need to trade this, right? So you need an exchange. Um, and so we, we heavily looked into swapping mechanisms and DEXs um, and how to, you know, potentially become really, really strong decks within the Cardano space. And, and so that's when VentSwap came into the picture, right? Our second really strong product line, um, the ability to build our own decks, to make sure it, it stands in line with what we believe in, which is, you know, simplicity, um, you know, the trust, the accessibility, the ability to make sure that everyone can use it without too much complexity. Um, and, and that's our second product line. And third, um, in the experience is we've, we've talked about investors, but we can't forget about project creators, right? People that, you know, put everything on the table to build something within the Cardano space, um, they have trouble building things, right? And they have trouble because they need to find a team, they need to find providers, and they need to make sure that whatever money they get from investors is actually put at best use. Um, and a lot of the time, unfortunately, um, you find providers that actually don't deliver, or you find an investor that doesn't really deliver on their promise to introduce it to the best um, you know, exchanges out there. And so what we wanted to do is how can we leverage this same blockchain technology and the same smart contracts to make everyone's interactions within the space a lot easier. 
Um, and that's when, when we came up with Vent Commerce, a really simple marketplace where you can pretty much um, configure transactions between two parties, whether that be an investor and a project or a project and a, a design provider um, and, and simplify within a space where it's kind of like an Upwork within Cardano. Um, so quite ambitious, yeah. but um, but definitely practical. You know, we need it today. We actually needed it the other day. Someone said, can we put some <laughs> blockchain? Can we put, well, they were asking if we could put some USDT in escrow. Um, yeah. And I was like, well, I'm, I don't know of a solution that does that, right? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of when this would come into play. Interesting. Okay. So VentUp is the launch pad. Everyone in this space knows what a launch pad is. Um, Vent Swap is your DEX. So everyone knows what a yeah. DEX is. And then when you're talking about Vent Commerce, I was trying to still wrap my head around what you meant. But then when you said Upwork, they kind of click. So that's kind of what you're trying to um, provide through through Vent Commerce. And I can understand like when, when you said Vent Upwork, it's, it seems like there's a lot of uh, use cases for, for that. Like there are a lot of... Um, you know, people trying to build out projects in here, but maybe they're having running into issues with trying to find a team and maybe they could go on Upwork, maybe they could go to these other places, but having one that's native to some sort of blockchain, which attracts people that are focused on that, they're probably the ones that you want to target first. So that's quite interesting. And they all obviously, uh, there's an interplay between all of them. They're all relevant and can complement each other. Interesting. Yeah, that's the goal. I think that there's, you know, a lot of the time it's, it's easy to say, hey, this is our vision. This is how we're going to make it happen. And this is the feature list. That's definitely not our approach, right? I think that we need to kind of put out a problem, which we clearly identified and experienced. Um, when I think that when you fail with your first provider, um, like you, you go out, you try to get this, I don't know, like this developer to do something for you, right? And, you, and he's like, hey, send me USDT. Then you send him 10K or something. And it's like, holy shit, he didn't deliver. Or, oh, it was a scam. Or, okay, I'm, you feel terrible, right? And you're like, I really don't want this to happen to anyone else. And so that was kind of the origin of the problem. Um, and then what we said is we can actually build a reputation and a trust system leveraging this technology and we can make it safe. Um, there, there, there comes a bit of complexity into how you build it and what specific features you want and how the, you want the UI to look. Um, but ultimately, there's a very clear problem. There's a very clear need in the market. And now you kind of have to you know, find that perfect product market fit. And I think that once we get that, then it, it'll obviously be very you know, value generating for, for our users and for the ecosystem in general. Mm-hmm. And so there's a number of, um, I guess, similar products out there that are under construction um, in terms of like launch pads and DEXs and whatnot. What's your point of difference? Like how would you differentiate Vent Finance from similar DeFi products? So I think as an ecosystem, we're different because um, as, as you said, you know, we were able to, to leverage and interplay between different product lines. Um, but all of those product lines have like four common aspects, right? Um, we understand that simplicity for us is a core to what we build. Um, and, and that really goes with the big, the big idea, right? You ask, you know, what is our, what is our goal? It's a like five-year goal. Um, we really want to make sure that anyone that comes into the DeFi space doesn't come onto an interface and say, holy shit, I'm scared. I'm closing my laptop, you know, or what is this extension that I have to install? Or, you know, we really want to be a key player that guides them through this experience and that is able to make sure that, you know, whatever you do, whether that's investing in a project, you know, having a transaction within the Cardano space, um, 
or even trading or swapping a coin for another one isn't a scary and cumbersome process. And today it's just prone to scams. It's prone to people giving you different addresses. Um, it's it's going to ask you to go into different, um, you know, complex places, go, go on Twitter, go on Telegram, check this medium post, copy paste your address, make sure that you're whitelisted. I mean, why is it so complex, right? If, if your bank had to tell you it's going to take you 20 minutes, to make a transfer to your friends, um, you're probably going to take out the cash and just give it to them, right? Um, and, and so that's kind of the, the same logic that we applied is like, it's great from a concept, what, what everyone else is doing, but we kind of have to evolve this and make sure that it, it comes up to the same standards of user experience that everyone has. And I think that that's the, the biggest thing that differentiates us as an ecosystem, right? Um, is you can go, whatever Apple product you take, you can, you can kind of expect a level of experience. And we want to try and build the similar thing um, within the DeFi space. Having said that, you can go a lot more granular there. Um, And it's now let's go into the launchpad and what differentiates the launchpad from other ones. And here there's something even more clear, which is a lot of launchpads are purely transactional. You go, you go through an IDO. Here are my funds. Here is your token. Thank you. Goodbye. Have a great day. Um, and that's the end of the story, right? Um, they help you with some marketing before, um, and pretty much then you become part of the list of projects they've launched, um, which is fantastic, but um, it's purely transactional um, when we have to be aware of that. And when we introduce Fem Finance, we always say that we're a community launchpad ecosystem. And what that means is, one, we're driven by the community, but to it means we have to engage with that community, not just transact with them. And so that means that we're trying to capture projects way before they even launch. And we want to keep them way after they launch as well so that we keep the discussion open so that we find those hidden gems, those projects that maybe still don't have the funding that they require will still need some assistance. And it doesn't necessarily mean you have to incubate them. It just means that you give them a platform where they get the resources they need. And now if you think about the big picture, it makes sense. Oh, you're trying to give them resources through this upwork, right? That we're trying to build, trying to give them these resources through, you know, investors that you can bring to them. Um, and that's kind of how we, we connect all the, the pictures. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned like you're trying to um, get any new projects in the space kind of early and then they go through that process launching on your platform and then also keeping them there as well within the ecosystem in some capacity. What would that look like if someone was building a project now in its infancy stages, it's very early on, maybe they're still trying to build out a team, et cetera. How would they then, how would they interact with event finance like at the moment and what would that value exchange like look like? Is there, how, when is too early for a project that's in the works to reach out to you guys and get involved in the platform in some way? So I'd say it's, it's never too early um, because we're, we're usually very open to, to listening to ideas. Maybe if you've just had an idea yesterday over lunch, you know, maybe don't, don't email us just yet, right? Um, but hey, have you been thinking about it for a few weeks, for a month, ideally at least? Um, you, you went, you did some research, you saw that no one else is doing this or that someone is doing it, but you can make it you know, genuinely better um, because of X, Y, Z reasons. If you're able to send us a one pager of what you're doing, why you're making it differently and why potentially people are going to buy your token, um, that is when you can say, hey, I want to reach out to them. Um, and it doesn't matter if you maybe, for example, actually, I don't have a logo. I have no idea about design, but actually, I know how to code this because I'm a developer. Fantastic. You know, you know reach out, let us know, um, and we'll see how we can support you. And the most important aspect is because we're a CD fine, we haven't touched on that yet, um, 
because we were able to have a centralized part of the platform, which is the experience that you get on the app, that doesn't necessarily need to be decentralized. That's just great user experience. We're able to get a project to register on its on its own, like you would do on a Facebook page or a Twitter profile. They just come in, they add their, their project, their idea, they mark it as, label it as, as ideation project, and it's going to show up to the community, right? They When they log in into their platform, they're going to say, oh, there's some, here are some ideation projects, and they can actually look at that. And we have a really, really strong social functionality within the app, um, which is extremely simple, um, but just unexplored by the launchpad, which is, why don't you ask them for their feedback? Upvote these projects, like these projects, comment these projects, and then as soon as we see that a project has significant traction is when we say, oh, you know, they're on the radar for a launch. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're able to not only do that through Twitter, but we're able to do it within our launchpad. Interesting. Yeah. If, if there was some way to intuitively filter these these um, projects based on, I guess, what stage they are in at the moment, I think that could be really powerful because I know from a, an investor point of view, there's a big interest in there around finding a project early. And um, yeah. if, if there was some social element to uh, vent finance where they can like and comment, which it seems like there is, from your point of view, you can engage the ideas that have been have passed the social proofing and then that will help you kind of be like, okay, there's some interest in this very kind of early stage project and maybe you can kind of, um, kind of focus your attention on certain ones based on the community. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that you, you touched on a good point as well, which is investors are looking for things, right? Not every investor is the same. And when you go on typical dApps and not even specifically launch pads, but the experience is not very personalized. Um, and personalization usually comes at a cost, which is data. Um, and people are scared, right? We don't want to become a Google, right? In the sense that, you know, I'm capturing all this data and I'm storing it and selling it for advertising. But at the same time, you, you can find a middle ground, right? Where I can still personalize it based on what what your experience is. If I can create a simple login, um, even if it's through MetaMask, but if I can create a login and I can store your preferences, which is I'm actually looking for X, Y, and Z, um, it's a lot more relevant for you when you log in to say, oh, oh, holy shit, these are projects I'm actually interested in, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just not just random projects. Um, and we applied the same logic to everything that we're building. So we haven't touched on on staking or specific utility of the token, but a lot of the times when people stake, um, you stake and it gives you access to everything, right? Um, so you're part of a tier and it says a new project comes on and it's, uh, I don't know, it's a gambling project or it's, uh, I don't know, it's a horse project. And you're like, well, I'm not interested in that, but I've been staking. And I was like, oh, tough luck, you know, you're still in that, in that pool. And so it's like, I've been staking for three months but I'm not interested and I'm still going to kind of lose my privilege. Um, so eventually what happens is everyone just hops on the board and oh, okay, I'll just invest because I might as well. Right. Um, and so what we said is how can we make that more fair? Um, and, and that's kind of why we came up with like a point system um, that is, it basically means you stake, you get points. If you spend them, you spend them. If you don't, then you keep those points. Right. And so what that means is people that participate in an idea really believe in that project um, and again, we're kind of tailoring the experience to every investor, their needs, their requirements. And if they actually upvote a project, it, it means that what's going to show up on their feed is something that they're genuinely interested by. Interesting. So there is, so there isn't necessarily a tier structure for what you guys are doing in terms of like, if you have X amount of tokens, you're in this tier and then you're entitled to this project or whatever. Um, there is this point score system based that you acquire these rewards through staking the token. 
Absolutely. That's that's kind of how it works. You still get you still get tears, but the tears don't come from the staking. The tears come from the points. And so exactly. So it's what they like in, in general, it's called an incentivization model where you incentivize people to take action. What's really interesting is if you want to make it fair, um, you can't uh, artificially stake, um, but you can actually artificially in a transparent way um, generate rewards, right? Um, what that means is imagine you have someone in the community that is providing a lot of feedback or a lot of comments on projects and providing due diligence for the community. Say, hey, I want to reward this guy, right? Um, so we all agree that we want to reward this guy. So it doesn't mean that one central party or, or we as a project can say, hey, edit, add a thousand points, bam, done, impossible because, because it's decentralized, right? Because it's on-chain data. However, what you can do is build a smart contract. Um, and this can even be done you know, later on because you say, let's start with something simple. But you say, after a year, we're going to introduce this new social functionality, which means that you can take 20 minutes of, of your time, I don't know, every day or every month or whenever it is, go into the platform and do some work for the community. So just reach through some projects, provide your feedback, et cetera. And for every project that you do due diligence for, you get 10 points. Like who knows, you know? But what, what I mean is this point system gives you a lot more flexibility. Um, and it also solves a lot of the issues that we're seeing, which is the fairness, the distribution, the guaranteed allocation system where you have so many people that get allocations that ultimately is like, I just stake three months, now I get $10. Like why would I even invest, right? Yeah, that, that's a really interesting idea because there's still like an incentive, obviously, for people to buy the tokens that are interested in investing because um, the more tokens you stake, the more rewards you get. But the thing that I like is that it's like you mentioned, there's like a there's an extra layer to it. There's, there's some flexibility in there where maybe if you support the project through engaging and doing these other activities, you, you get rewarded through the points as well, which you can still um, use to kind of increase whatever tier you're in or whatever. So you're, you're still um, incentivizing people to buy the token, but then there are also other ways to get points, which you're which yep. are used to. Um, yeah, I like that because there's, these launch pads are still uh, relatively early considering, you know, how early we are as a crypto space. But there's I think there's a lot of opportunities to get creative with how we organize all of this. And um, yeah, so this is one way of um, adding a unique flavor to the Launchpad space, which is interesting. Um, at the very beginning, you mentioned that you guys are Cardano first, um, but obviously you guys have uh, are on Polygon at the moment. And there That's is... Correct. Primarily because um, you know Cardano, uh, <laughs> smart smart contracts out at the moment. Although we have a date, twelfth of September, I 12th. believe. So, yeah, could you step through the the logic around? Um, I guess launching on a different blockchain first, as opposed to waiting until smart contracts come around. Absolutely. I mean, th there's a few things there. I think that one again, it all goes back to your tagline right? and what you stand for. And we said that we were a community launchpad and building a community takes time. Um, if, if contracts are out on the 12th, um, if we don't have anything, I mean, how, how long, I think we started in April, right? We started our page Twitter in, in, in April, started our telegram pretty much mid April, May or something like that. Um, it's been you know, May, June, July, you know, in three months we're able to hit 10 K. Um, now growth is even more exponential but it takes time. And the message there is we can't expect to launch in September and to be someone that understands our user needs, that builds something that's 
you know, adapted to, to their requirements or their expectations. And then be like, holy shit, we're so lucky. We built something on Cardano and it works. Um, and so that's kind of the approach that we took and that we didn't invent. Again, other people did the same thing, which is you need to prototype and you need to iterate. And so for us, this is just the way of prototyping. And then it just happens that we found out, holy shit, actually, you know, Polkastata or you know, all of these other launch pads um, have an interesting methodology of working. But what if we somewhat find a perfect combo, right? The best of both worlds are able to say, yes, we're Cardano first, but can we actually take on projects from a different chain and bridge them into some other space, right? And that was kind of the origin of, you know, Cardano and Polygon. And then we started to tick the boxes and said, okay, can we deploy contracts? Yes, we can. We can do that on Polygon. Can we test out a user interface? Yes, we can. Um, can we do our own launch on our own launchpad on Polygon? We can. Um, will the gas fees be acceptable? We can. And said, okay, so why don't we do that, right? And, and then we had the only challenge that we said is, how do we how do we migrate from one to the other? Um, and and that's maybe something we haven't touched upon at all. Um, but we we obviously need a bridge at that point. And for the Ethereum side, we're really lucky because Cardano said that they're building one, um, and then they're going to have their own package to help you you know assist in the migration of ETH towards um, Cardano. And then within the Polygon um, space, we said, okay, how can we do this? We just don't want to do it alone. So we went out, spoke to great projects in the Cardano space, um, and we partnered up with Meld, and we said, let's build a Polygon Cardano space. And that's called Atomatic. Um, and that's really going to help us in, again, in the assistance of you know migration of assets from one to the other. Um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the logic behind it. Um, I think that there's another question there is, you might say, you know, why even building on Cardano? if you're already live on Polygon or vice versa. And it goes back again to the community. He said, it takes time to build a community, but you kind of have to educate and, and show people why. Um, a lot of people initially said, no, Cardano sucks, blah, 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 2018. Cardano is still here. Cardano is still building. You know, Cardano is still here. Three years later, Cardano now seems to be the spotlight of the year. Um, you know, we're getting a lot of traction. We've never seen such much, you know, such development um, being brought to the community. And I think that, yeah, September will be a really big month with, with the Alonso release. Um, and as soon as we get that, um, we'll be able to say, what are the next steps? Will it take a month? Will it take two months? Will it take three months? Maybe we can do it within a few weeks. But until we have that, it doesn't make sense just to be like this and be like, oh, we're just waiting, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and I guess that that's the approach that we say, get the market share that you can, build the community that you can as well, um, and be as transparent as possible with them to tell them, hey, why don't we test it out? And, and we learned so much within these like past four months. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's, that's the, that's the way that we approached it. No yeah. right or wrong answer. Um, but, but yeah, that's, that's our perspective. Yeah. So a big focus for you guys is community. And because you're kind of building on multiple chains at the moment, you've got Polygon first, uh, Cardano seconds, but obviously the focus on, on kind of Cardano, but because of smart contracts, you had to, kind of build it out first on, on polygon I'm, I'm quite curious um there can be a bit of tribalism within cryptocurrency within different blockchains because you're building out a product that is across two different blockchains what was that experience like combining these two kind of communities was it what was there like a bit of friction or was it like seamless or was there a lot of um unanticipated like benefits or, or yeah, like what was I'm quite curious because I, I I personally am all for like let's all be friends where possible, 
but I, I do know that there can be tribalism, especially in these early days. Like, what was that like? I think you, before before our call, you're discussing uh, rugby, right? Uh, I think that's kind of like when you arrive to the final, um, you know, all the good blockchains are here. Um, it, it doesn't necessarily mean one is better than the other. Um, and everyone is going to try to go into that discussion. The experience <laughs> isn't easy um, because like you said, you're going to have people... I mean, there there are Nate, like only Cardano um, launch pads that will appear. All of the ones that exist today, or at least all major ones, are also on ETH. Um, because because again, like we said, you know, Cardano smart contracts weren't ready. Within the Polygon space, however, there are Polygon native only on Polygon um, launch pads. Um, and what that meant is like kind of those hardcore users that it's like Polygon. I don't want to hear anything else. Um, Maybe we can't get those um, into our community. Maybe we can actually, you know, it, it, it's kind of like the, the, the line is quite fine. They're probably going to come experiment and see what it's like, um, especially if you build a great product. But what we're trying to differentiate is the product that we're building and the chain that we operate on. If we're able to convince someone that the chain is good enough for them to try our product, then yeah, amazing. You know, that'd be great. Um, but I think that the ultimate very selfish objective for us is that we're able to convince them because of our product, not because of our yeah. chain. Um, yeah. and, and that is a really strong aspect that can that can interest people both from Polygon and from Cardano. And then if it just happens that we're able to scale, we're able to address interoperability, security, sustainability, because we have a fantastic chain behind the scenes, then that's amazing, right? And it's kind of the, I would say that the, the symbol, if you want to compare it to something, it's like a website. You go on a website and I don't know, you, you want to, you're browsing through it and it's like, oh, it's blazing fast. Um, I log in, it works. There's no errors. I click on, you know, forget my password. I get the message. It's like, wow, it, it, it's great. And then you're like, well, does it work on AWS or does it work on Google Cloud? Um, although I, I'm, I'm not sure, right? Um, we don't necessarily want it to make it so agnostic where it doesn't even matter where it runs, um, but, but we definitely want to make sure that, that, that we have the best infrastructure possible. And I think that that's kind of why we went to the community. We explained what we're building. Um, we explained why we're building using that technology. Um, and then it's kind of like, come on, let's, let's be friends, like you said, right? <laughs> um, and our experience was we are able to get more than 10,000 people interested um, from both spaces. And at the moment, we're not 50-50, but we definitely have you know, people interested in, in both chains. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then when you have the bridge, then, you know, let, let's say there's um, Polygon users that were exposed to Cardano through Vent Finance and then there's a they kind of exposed to Cardano, they learned more about it and then they're happy with what it represented. Uh, and then there was a bridge on Vent Finance where they could go from one to the other. Then that's an opportunity uh, for the Cardano ecosystem as well. So, yeah, I, I, I quite like that idea. There's obviously got to be some... Um, some uh, some friction along the way, but ultimately, I think it could create a richer uh, experience for anyone that's super super passionate about Cardano and cryptocurrency. Um, you, you you mentioned so we've got Vent Finance. I mean, we've got Vent Up. We have Vent Swap, and we have Vent Commerce. Um, can we talk about what is actually available in the near future, and then also expand on the roadmap for the for the rest of the year? Absolutely. Primarily. So. Um... Long story short, the priority is a launchpad. Um, that's that's what we're working on. That's what's live. Um, so we we launched the beta of our launchpad. I think it was in June, or June July. Um, so we we put it out there just to get some some feedback from the community. So they pre-registered there. Um, they 
did the whitelisting process through there as well. Um, we got about a thousand people um, that registered. Then they went through the KYC process and we verified all these users, et cetera. And we still didn't even go through the, through the launch yet. Um, so that's kind of initial like phase one, beta, get some feedback, work on the prototype, um, and then come back. September. September is a big month for, for multiple reasons. One is we're launching like an updated version of the launch pad. So this would be like our V1. Um, and and VentUp is, is really going to be the focus of our attention for the next three months. The reason is both on the front end, we want to improve that. Um, but also on the back end, we have to figure out Cardano um, and, and how we're going to migrate a lot of our contracts from one chain to the other. Um, and if we're going to probably maintain both chains live um, for the, you know, at least, you know, coming future. Um, the reason why is there's still a lot of testing, especially from the security standpoint that has to be done within um, these contracts that are going to come up in Haskell um, for Cardano. And so while all of that is, you know, working on the back end, we'll still be able to launch projects using Polygon. Um, so that's kind of our logic for September. Um, you mentioned the decks, you mentioned the, the marketplace. Um, the good question here is which comes first? Um, and what are other people playing as well? Um, the marketplace is something that hasn't been explored um, by pretty much anyone in this space. Um, and when I say this space, I, I'm not just saying Cardano, but in general, right? Even in other chains, it's, it's, there isn't really a tool that is able to do that specifically for this type of interaction. So we're kind of still debating on where to allocate our, our resources most effectively. Um, we've thought about our like our architecture for the decks. Um, we've thought about how um, we want to like uh, envision the, the interface for our um, marketplace. Um, but these are still conceptual in the sense that they don't go beyond, um, you know, interfaces and prototypes. It's really important, but, they, but they're, they're not ready to go live. We really expect to have something to show the community in you know the coming quarters so by end of year we really want to have both a vision for the decks and a vision for um the marketplace so that they can play with it from a front-end experience um the question is can we compromise security if we're not confident in in those contracts yet because it's so new um or do we maybe want to wait until january right um and i think that that's what's going to help us update the roadmap um we'll probably be able to update the roadmap in october um, so if, if contracts are live on the 12th of September, um, you know, maybe give the tech team like three weeks, um, figure out, hey, what are the repercussions? Um, what is our initial experience when we run something on, on testnet um, and, and what we see from there? I think there's a huge opportunity as well um, to make a roadmap more effective by finding strategic partnerships. Um, and nothing's there yet, but we've always seen that there's, there's a lot of players in the tech space. So... You know, it's, it's something that we can explore to say, hey, is, is there something, some type of alliance that we can do to integrate or to build with someone else um, instead of just building on our own? Um, I think that that is definitely something that, that we can look at um, and that will definitely help us, I would say, accelerate the, the bringing products to our community, right? That's what we're looking for, building really good solutions or bringing them value um, that aligns with what we're expecting. If it doesn't align with simplicity or trust or security, then obviously we can't bring that to the community. But if we're able to find a partner that can do the same thing and that aligns um, expectations, then that's definitely something we're open to. Yeah, interesting. So some sort of potential uh, symbiotic relationship potentially in the works. You're open to that. Um, we, we've been talking about investors. So people that are listening now that were like, okay, I like this. I want to invest in this particular product. Can they buy a token now, when, how? 
So our IDO um, or our like full token launch is on the 10th of September. So two days before um, contracts are live. So that's, that's going to be interesting. Easy to, um, like to keep a reminder. Um, we already went. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we it, actually coincidence, you know, we said yeah. the date before, before Kanona did. Um, but um, we already went through our SHO, our strong holding offering on, on Darmaker. So we've got a number of users that are, already coming through that um we unfortunately already did our um registration and whitelisting process on on vent up as well um so that's closed up but we will be on um most um, expected dexes um and even a centralized exchange as soon as we go live on the 10th of september um so that's the easiest way to to get your hold on the token yeah i will say that we you know we're really trying um to make sure that the the token price um, remains as stable as possible, especially for people like this that you mentioned, right? What you really don't want to have is, you know, you can implement anti-bot measures, et cetera, but you want to make sure that people that are coming now at this stage still have the opportunity to buy at a price that's reasonable, that it's not skyrocketed. Um, so that that's kind of what we're trying to figure out is what type of, um, what type of incentives we can provide um, for other people within our token holders so that one, they don't sell, um, or the other way around, or that they don't buy massively, um, where the price is going to, you know, go go like crazy. So really trying to distribute it in like in a fair and even way. And I think that you know at least for the coming you know two to three months, um, it's going to be a great time for for you guys to buy the token. So expect it on, as I said, you know, multiple dexes, um, and very soon the ability to to port that onto a Cardano native token as well. Awesome. And how else can people? Obviously, people can support the project by buying the token, but how else can people connect and support the work that you're doing at Vent Finance? So we've got multiple ways. Um, first is uh, definitely join the conversation. Um, so our community group on Telegram is is the easiest way. Um, it's it's really simple. It's just um, you know uh, t.me slash Vent Finance. Um, so that's that's our main community group um, and announcements. Um, you can you can get updates there. You can suggest um, comments there as well. Um, I would say I really like to bring this up because um, it's it's true. Uh, we've taken a lot of feedback from the community, and we've we've brought it from like an ideation phase where someone say, "Hey, have you explored this?" into like an execution phase within two to three weeks. Um, so people said, "Hey, we're early community members. Why why do we have to wait until IDEO? We don't like first come first serve. We prefer like guaranteed allocation. Let's find a balance." We took three weeks and we built that for them. Um, and then people were like, holy shit, wow, they took, they listened to us. Um, and I was like, why is that weird, right? Why do people not listen to their communities? So I think that this is kind of a, uh, an open door to say, hey, you know, come join our conversation, suggest some things, you know, if, if you want to be part of this thing. It isn't just our project, it's, it's everyone's project because we're a community. And I think that we're always open to, you know, looking at projects, if, if that's what you can bring. If you have ideas on functionality that you want to have within any of the product lines, then, you know, let us know. Um, and we'll definitely explore that and, and always happy to, to spend a bit of time um, listening to these ideas and kind of be building more value for the community. Awesome. So listeners, go there, check out their socials and, and get engaged with the community. The closing question is, what excites you the most about the future of Cardano? Um, uh, that's cool. I mean, adoption is the best, right? Um, I think that the more adoption we get of Cardano, um, the more real use cases we'll get right now. It's, it's really hard for 
it's really hard for us as an industry and not specifically Cardano, but as an, as an industry to differentiate speculation of the assets um, from real use. And, and, and especially like you try to explain, I experimented this over the summer, you know, you try to explain to someone how's like, no, I'm, I'm no longer in consulting. I'm actually working on blockchain as like, ah, yeah, like this trading, right? Of uh, Cardano, uh, Ripple, <laughs> whatever. And I'm like, no, no, it's, it's actually something, you know, we're actually building um, like decentralized finance. And they're like, I mean, but that's going to die, right? You lose all your money. And I'm like, no, that's not what it is, right? That's what I'm excited about. I'm excited to prove people wrong and say, you know what? We're actually building real projects. And you know what? Cardano has been here for you know X amount of years and we're able to build stable projects. We're able to build dApps. We're able to you know have like payment gateways. Um, all of these really cool things are going to be able to, to become a reality as soon as these contracts are live. And I think that you know while we could build this on Ethereum, it, it doesn't have institutional support or the volume that we potentially can bring with Cardano because there's such a strong following, right? There's so many people that have been just waiting and waiting and waiting for X amount of years. And I think that if the technology really is there, um, we're going to be able to, I don't know, I mean, imagine, I don't know, like going onto Amazon and being able to like buy with ADA, you know, that'd be fucking amazing, right? Mm. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be that, um, but it definitely shows that, what are the potential use cases? What, what do we not even imagine that can be done? I think that that type of adoption is really, really exciting because it shows that one, we're interested in this space, um, but two, it just shows that, hey, independently of the engineering side, which is you know fantastic and, and great, and there's so much progress there, um, it's more about the functionality, right? That's what we're looking for. People that really want to do stuff um, that's exciting, that's going to help us grow, um, that's going to bring solutions to, to places in the world where currently there are no solutions. Um, and and that's, that's really what's, what's cool for us. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please feel free to subscribe. Uh, and also, if you like our content, then make sure to check us out on social media with the handle Cardano Source. Thanks again and I'll see you in the next episode.